1: yoga revealed podcast this is alec fashal rubin and i'm so excited to be alive with you walking in the path of yoga together is what will bring the awakening individuals to heal this planet starting with ourselves yoga is learning the tools of self-reliance and how to tend to our condition that we seek to transcend And so much of that starts at a young age from our growing up into who we are here and now. Today's episode on the Yoga Revealed podcast, I am honored to introduce Denver, Colorado's Carrie Bergeron, who works closely with the youth in sharing yoga with those who truly need it. If you are seeking inspiration to find your personal walk and way in sharing yoga in its most authentic form, Listen to this episode and find trust in knowing that all is unfolding perfectly. On today's episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast with Carrie Bergeron. Namaste Yoga Revealed Podcast. This is Alec Shaw Rubin, and I'm so excited to be back here with you, tuning in wherever you are on this beautiful planet that we get to practice yoga on. I'm here in beautiful Colorado, and I'm sitting across from someone named Carrie Bergeron. Mm -hmm. And I have been inspired by this incredible human and teacher when I first met her years ago. Mm-hmm. Yoga Pod, mm-hmm. it's upon a time, yeah. in Denver. And uh, witnessing each other along the path as I've gone off and gone in and gone around and seen what she's doing, mm-hmm. I am excited to introduce to you Miss Carrie. So thank you, Carrie, for making Hi. time to all of our <laughs> your crazy schedule.
0: Oh my gosh. And, and yeah. being same. Here. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.
1: So, <laughs> you know, one of the first questions that I always love asking everyone and anyone on this podcast is, how did yoga reveal itself to you? What was that like?
0: Hmm. I feel like that's a, that's a story. Is that is that okay? Uh, so I grew up in Boston. Um, with any of you East Coasters out there, know that you don't talk about things on the East Coast. Everything's cool all the time. Uh, so I grew up in that sort of family and in a home that was not stable, um, lots of volatility, you could say. And, uh, I decided at some point in that sort of family dynamic that there wasn't any space for my needs. and whether that was conscious or subconscious, I don't, I don't know really, but, um, so I made myself not have any and very sort of Fiercely independent, but to the point of being cut off from other people and uh, very, I would say as an adolescent, painfully quiet and shy and meek and let people walk all over me because I didn't speak up for the things that were important to me, the things that I needed, because needing anything makes, makes me needy. So uh, that was the story. That I had for a very long time and um, I remember giving presentations in college and making myself physically sick because I was so um, painfully insecure and uh, vomiting and hives and heart racing an hour before I had to stand up in front of people and say anything. Um, and. Graduated college uh, with my physical therapy degree and um, got married the next weekend. <laughs> That's a brilliant choice. Um, don't do that out there. It's really complicated. Uh, but I got married because somebody else wanted to and uh, not because it was the right thing for me. Uh, but I couldn't say the words that it was not right for me was this person is a wonderful human and he deserves it that was sort of the story in agreeing to get married this is what you do he deserves it so as you can imagine that didn't work out so well um with that as the foundation and I had been practicing yoga starting in college but very very casually very athletic-based, fitness-based yoga, I think occasionally at best at that point. And uh, once I got divorced, I was in a place of punishing myself, really. Um, And the times that I was on my yoga mat were the only times that I felt like I could slow down and or quiet that voice. You know, the put down the internal boxing gloves for short periods of time and so i kept going back to my mat for that brief solace um and amy baker uh directed me to my first teacher training with Anna a forest um which was very challenging uh because i was in a really not healthy place um And then I came back from my teacher training and had no plans to teach. But Amy, being a dear friend, said, great, uh, I'm going on vacation next week and you're teaching all of my yoga classes. (sighs) And she knew at the time that I could not say no to her. I was incapable of saying no. No, no, no. There was no option. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, I started teaching yoga and... For the first couple of years, I hid at the back of the class. I didn't speak unless people were in child's pose or down dog, stop looking at me sort of thing. And it took me, I think, a very long time to be able to stand in front of people and to look people in the eye and to feel like I have something of value to say. But I think it all started with recognizing that there were those moments of slowing down in my yoga practice and those moments of, um, cultivating compassion instead of, uh, criticism when I was practicing, uh, versus in day-to-day life. And those moments, I think, expanded over time, uh, to have longer periods where I'm able to be kind to myself and, um, to stand in, uh, A foundation of the education and the experience that I have, but also staying receptive and open to connect and to hear other people's perspectives. Um, Because I think, you know, when you come from a really insecure place, you can be really sort of withdrawn or really shy. And I think sometimes the other side of the coin, at least for me, was... Portraying that I was very assured um, in my perspective, whether it was regards in regards to yoga or politics or family or whatever. And so I think the stubbornness came after the the shyness. And now I feel like I'm able to be more. Receptive, and that feels like the the primary reason for, or the primary um, method of growth for me.
1: Mm. And how yoga revealed itself to you?
0: Mm-hmm. Wow! Mm-hmm.
1: I just so appreciate the immediacy of sharing your vulnerabilities because. Mm. I could never have guessed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guarantee no one, none of us walk around with a story right. that's being read upon our chest. Right. No one wears a sign of what they're experiencing. Yeah. And that's an incredible story. You've been on the journey. Yeah. <laughs>
0: wow. and, and, and it continues. Wow. Yeah. Wow.
1: So from the beginning to be you're thrown into the uh, speaking
0: <laughs> yes. Against your will. Yeah.
1: And when did you start to realize that, wow, you know, you've got this degree in PT mm-hmm. and you want to continue to utilize that? And obviously, you, yeah, let's take a few steps back. Well, when did it come down to, when, when was it found within you that you, you want to help people? Because clearly, you wouldn't get a PT degree. Right. You wanted to help people.
0: Right. I, you know, I think as a a kid, I, I wanted to do things for other people. But in getting into my physical therapy education, I would say that the thing that triggered that process for me was being a gymnast growing up and uh, having plenty of injuries. And my mother was a PE teacher in my hometown at my high school. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, yes. It's like the most mortifying thing when you're a teenager, right? Um, (laughs) So she knew the entire town. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, I'd get injured and she'd say, great, I'm going to take you to see one of my former students. You know, she was like the mayor in my mind. Everywhere we went, we had to talk to 10 different people, you know. Um, And so she took me to one of her former students and I remember him asking me, just an endless list of questions and one led to the next to the next and my thought process as a 13 year old or 14 year old at the time was uh wow you go to the doctor's office and they take x-rays or they take your blood to figure out what's wrong with you like this guy knows what's wrong with me just by asking me questions (laughs) <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> He's so smart. I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, so that sort of started the ball rolling. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> love that. Yeah.
1: And how long have you been teaching here right now? Since
0: 2007? hmm.
1: And what is one of the greatest... I was recently asked this, and I had to look into it. Mm. What is one of the... Greatest joys that you get from teaching yoga, and what's one of the greatest challenges that you experience? Mm. How many years after teaching yoga? 12 years. 12,
0: 12, yeah, 12 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the greatest joys. I mentioned to you earlier that I'm teaching teenagers yeah, we'll uh, and that. teenage girls, and I think that they exemplify it. <clears throat> So strongly, I think general population yoga classes can as well, but it's so evident in teenage girls and and maybe I just connect more with that knowing where I came from as a teenager, but seeing them latch on to tools that help, uh, whether it's bring them out of their shell or set their feet on the ground or be able to understand that what they're dealing with is not so different than what someone else is dealing with. You know, we may have different circumstances, but we all know what fear feels like. We all know what anger feels like. Um, we all sort of want connection on some level. And so seeing them, uh, really latch on to those tools and be able to relate to each other, but also seeing them, uh, offer themselves a little more kindness, a little more awareness rather than mm-hmm. criticism or um, feeling the, like they're not enough. So that is a tremendous joy to watch. How old? 14 to 18, high school girls. I'm planting
1: some seeds of self-love self-care and self-reliance at a young age. I wish I had that. It's Yeah, me too.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah.
1: I, uh, I definitely want to... Tap into your journey and how you got involved with working with kids at a younger age, and I look look back into my own life before yoga. Where mm-hmm. anyone who meets me now, they see health and vitality. Mm-hmm. Yoga is a primary pillar in that. Yeah, and uh, I think it's so important for us to not forget where we come came from. from. Yeah, you know, and just stay in that that, that space of humility and and humbleness and. Mm-hmm. I, I remember I was telling the story just three days ago like my very someone asked me what was your first yoga class like and I was like well I was actually believe it or not because you see me mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. my capable body and what mm-hmm. I can do with the asthma mm-hmm. awesome, which is like
2: mm-hmm. not the
1: point. Mm-hmm. I was a fire in the room that needed to get put out because mm-hmm. I had no spatial awareness mm-hmm. in my body. And uh, when I was in high school, it was, I grew up in Kentucky and, uh, you know, my, my parental units, my parents were divorced and, mm-hmm. um, it was, it was challenging. It was Same. really challenging. And, um, nutrition was not taught to me and hmm. yoga was not taught to me. Meditation was not taught. And there wasn't this like new age, hippie kind of conscious, intentional, no, 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 no. new paradigm <laughs> points of existence on how I could have even begin to consider life to be. yeah, And wow, what a miracle it is that yoga was revealed. Because I have no confidence Mm. in myself Mm. or in my body and how to love myself, how to communicate with someone. Yeah. And yoga brought all of those tools to me. Mm -hmm. So I think it's so incredible that you are working with, I don't know if it's underprivileged children or just younger
0: children. It's a Title I school, so yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah.
1: Wow. That's a gift.
0: Yeah, it has been.
1: And how did you get involved there and why? Why? Um,
0: that I had been really trying to consider more service work for a very long time and how to how to do that in a consistent way and in what sort of environment do I um uh, Feel like I can be of service um, without being uncomfortable myself and making that obvious to the people that I'm around. You know, is shelter is the right place? Is jail the right place? Is schools is the right place? And I just kept getting all of these uh, communications from different people about kids being the right way to go. And I, if, For you. yeah. And I had coached gymnastics, you know, in college and spent some time around kids. And um, a friend of mine at the time said, you know, friend of mine is the assistant principal at Bruce Randolph. And it's in my neighborhood, actually. It's maybe 10 blocks from uh, my house. And so that worked out to start with. But it was just me as a solo human going into this school after school, trying to engage more kids when I'm not part of their day- to day community, and really trying to get involved more in the school. and it for a lot of reasons it wasn't successful. Um, so I spent a couple years there, and there were, you know, the few kids that I had were great, and it was a gift to watch them um, grow and and transform in their care for themselves and for each other. Um, But I had this opportunity with Rise Up Yoga, which is the nonprofit that I'm on the board of, to teach at a different high school during the school day because Rise Up Yoga is set up as a vendor with DPS, um, Denver Public Schools. So um, I can be part of the school day and part of something bigger than just me as a random human walking into a school, Um, which is huge. And, um, and the PE teacher is incredible and sets a foundation already. And this is a huge part of why I think it's so successful there. The PE teacher sets the foundation that says, come as you are. Mad, sad, glad, exhausted, excited, Stressed Doesn't matter. Come as you are. And if you're having a rough day, it's okay. You know, I have them too. You can take a quiet moment to yourself and join us when you're ready. You can tell me about it if you'd like to. I'm happy to listen, but you certainly don't have to. You know, so she gives them the space to show up as they are and not the foundation of I think a lot of school teachers and, you know, it's within the system of test scores and juggling all of these things um, that are required by the school system. It's hard to get out of this, but I think so often the foundation is, um, okay, you're sitting up straight, you're making eye contact, you're holding your pencil, you're quiet, you're ready to learn. You're a good student. (laughs) And anyone who varies from that, Box is considered disruptive, unwilling to learn, when it's like, if you could imagine what these kids are coming from in their home life, it is not possible for them to sit still without bouncing their leg or clicking their pen or chomping their gum. It is not possible for them to be quiet and calm and sitting perfectly upright looking at you. You know, it is, it's not about you as the teacher. I think it's about having an awareness that, um, that we don't know what kids' experiences are. We don't know the extent of their experiences. And giving them the space to show up as they are, I think is... It's a huge... Uh, what do I want to say? It opens so many doors, I think, for them to be interested, for them to be willing to participate, for them to... Um, Share what their needs are, you know, rather than feeling like they're on guard right away. Um, So it has been, you know, it's only been a couple of months this school year that I've been there, but um, it's a complete 180 from what I've been doing before. And um, how many hours a week be in school? Just once a week right now. Um, So, first few periods of the day, we're in. in the class with a couple of different teachers um, so that's it for now but um, trying to build rise up in, in its reach so that amazing. we can you definitely know. have some
1: continued questions yeah yeah unpack and, and dissect it yeah, know, yeah I've, I've shared yoga with kids before mm-hmm. not underprivileged children mm-hmm. definitely more privileged children yeah you know, summer camp you know, yeah for God's sake I, mean, I was so blessed I was so fortunate and privileged to be able to go to summer camp for
0: yeah. 14 years that's amazing every summer I grew
1: wow. up with that and that's what taught me leadership, mm. you know, it really is, at a younger age, and being able to go there and teach yoga, I, I have an understanding of the short attention span, mm-hmm. how to keep things mm-hmm. moving, moving. Mm-hmm. Definitely can't mm-hmm. put them in Barjavodhanasana <laughs> for five minutes <laughs> on each side, hmm. not going to happen, <laughs> at all, uh-huh. so uh-huh. I'm curious for you, you know. In this block once a week, are you Mm -hmm. just teaching them poses? Are you meditating? Are you talking about lifestyle and yoga and, like, without using, you know, daunting words? Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? So,
0: for example, um, a couple of weeks ago, and and this is after introductions and telling them my story and with the vulnerability included, so that there's an understanding that. We're we're all human. I'm not just here with my cape on trying to tell you what to do, but really trying to share based on my experience. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I had them, you know, come in, sit down, slouch as much as you can. And let them sit there for a minute, and they kind of looked at me quizzically. You're telling us to slouch? I said, yeah, I'll, I'll never tell you to slouch again, but just try it on. <clears throat> tell me how you feel sitting like this. And a couple of people called out, tired, sleepy. One girl said, confined. I was like, "Wow, yeah. Someone else said, it feels like it's hard to breathe. Absolutely. And I said, for me in this shape, I feel like one, I don't matter. And two, the energy that I feel in this shape is like, whatever, I don't care, you know? okay, now try sitting up straight and let them sit there for a minute. And, uh, okay, how do you feel in in this shape? And someone said, uh, more awake and I can breathe easier. And someone said, proud. I said, yeah, proud. You deserve to take up space. Mm. You matter just as much as anybody else, not like, I matter more than you, but you know, just you matter, take up space. I think so often we're so shy and I don't know if I mentioned that it's all girls. So part of the taking up space, uh, I think is very pertinent to young girls. Um, so that was sort of what we started with and then moved through some postures, did some very simple breath work with tactile, Um, cues and then a simple guided meditation and um, you know sit them up after a guided meditation and uh, is anybody willing to just throw out a word or two about how you feel now and uh, someone said way better (laughs) awake and this one particular girl who was very very much in her shell at the start of class. She sat up straight and she said, yo, miss, I was so anxious earlier and I don't feel anxious at all now.
1: It's like, <laughs> yo, miss! Oh, my
2: God,
0: this is like a miracle, <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, the postures are very, they're very much a part of it, but, you know, the hitting the mark with the postures is really not the goal. With that group.
1: And I love that it is only women, only
0: mm-hmm. girls. Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like if you did add boys to that mix, mm-hmm. the vulnerabilities would probably not be as
0: real. Right, right. Real. Well, and something that I I wish for Rise Up and I wish in general is that there were more male teachers uh, to teach boys. Yeah. And to have that vulnerability and that exchange with boys and have a male example, uh, of this practice and the benefits of it, um, versus me, yeah. you know, I think it would be a lot more well-received. So anyway, mm-hmm. dreams that I have. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Wow.
1: I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. Just letting that settle and sit. Cause I feel that, you know, the youth is absolutely most important Mm -hmm. being able to every time I see kids around I'm like the first to bridge connection sometimes it gets me in trouble if I'm in public (laughs) and it's like Halloween times. so Mm. I was like somewhere last night and I commented on this little girl's like Halloween costume Mm -hmm. and I got some looks Mm. I was like "Are you not stranger danger (laughs) I think it's awesome that that you're really connecting with children and kids who, who need this work in their
0: so yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank
1: you and then, you know, as you we were talking, something that came up for me was um, you found your way. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about yeah. you maybe finding your way or not, or if you feel this is your way, but I'm seeing yeah. that you've completely found your way in your authentic service and what feels good to share yoga. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you're teaching at this amazing studio in Denver called mm-hmm. Lacuna. Lacuna. Mm-hmm. It's a super awesome juice bar. You should totally come <laughs> and take Gary's class. We'll talk about it later. And you're able to bridge out of what works where everyone begins. Mm-hmm. It's like teaching at a yoga studio for the most part mm-hmm. and find a different outer reach. Because that outer reach is where it needs to be in what you were like, am I gonna go to jails or am I gonna go to hospitals? Or right. where where do I need to serve the yoga? And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, the youth yeah. hurt. So I wonder for you, what perception could you offer? What wisdom could you offer to those who are like, what's my way on how I can serve the yoga that mm-hmm. is in alignment with me? Mm-hmm. How do I find that? How'd you find that? I wrong,
0: kind of yeah, I think problem. it sort of coincided with learning a lot more about the extent of my privilege and the extent of um, <coughs> the challenges that that people come from and social issues. Injustice and the school to prison pipeline, and you know, doing all of this reading on these types of things to try to understand a little bit better. And so, it has definitely sort of coincided with that. It is, it's all been sort of an interesting, interesting, perfect storm. Um, You know, it seems like one experience led to the next. Someone told me about. There's a presentation at Naropa tomorrow night with these three guys from Holistic Life Foundation. They're based in Baltimore. Um, Three men of color who are completely transforming the public school system in Baltimore with, and they started with, you know, 10 kids in um, like preschool or something, and now they're contacting something like 10,000 kids a week with all of their staff and all of the schools that they're in um, with... Um, mindfulness during school, mindfulness and yoga practices after school with, um, a mindful moment room. So, um, kids can self-refer themselves to this room when they're in any sort of conflict. There's a whole system in place, so they can't just hang out there all day, but they can go and they know that they have to sit and breathe and calm themselves down. And then they get to interact with a full-time staff member of Holistic Life Foundation to download about whatever it is that's going on if they want to, or they can just come in and sit and breathe and be quiet and then go back to their test or their teacher that they're feeling conflicted with or the fight they just had with their friend or whatever. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I went to Naropa and I listened to them speak. Oh, it was s- cool. Yeah. Epic. Right? Yeah. So it was all of these things that came up at once. Um, But I think I had spent a lot of my life ignorant to my privilege and ignorant to the level of suffering in the world. And as I started to kind of crawl out of that cave, um, it became really apparent, you know, studio yoga is for privileged people and primarily white, privileged people. And so um, there's a tremendous accessibility gap. And I think that there are, I mean, anyone with a nervous system needs these tools, you know? (laughs) And so (laughs) it is not a certain group of people or, um, you know, people who are in specific circumstances. Anyone with a nervous system needs these tools and or could use these tools um so I, I think that is a bit of how i found my way but um a lot of sitting in discomfort for sure
1: I feel you on that mm-hmm. eddie always says <laughs> to seek comfort in your discomfort and i remember when i first heard that the most disgusting yoga pose. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but I know it was not happy. Uh-huh. And it was using all these props, mm-hmm. and I was like, "GTFO." <laughs> Seek comfort in my discomfort. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. That's amazing. I love it all. I'm like so inspired by how you just shared to be able to find your own way, what that looks like, and I agree that being able to notice of stagnancy that mm-hmm. can arise in any journey through the yoga, because I think it happens. Mm-hmm. I don't think I know. I, I hope it happens. Yeah. Because then we get an opportunity to self-inquire and mm-hmm. to just check back in and maybe pivot, yeah. redirect. And for me, that was always like, "Where is my teacher? Where is this person? Who, who, who am I going to study with mm-hmm. this year?" I've always sought someone out. Yeah. To educate my life last four years so Mm -hmm. um what 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 little gemstones would you offer to someone who feels like they're close to finding their way a unique offering like how to how to Mm fine-tune your own offering that again Mm -hmm. is like it's yours i
0: i think you have to talk about it You have to talk to as many people about it, talk to the the people that you love uh, about it, and somebody will have a connection. Somebody will have, you know, oh, I read this book, or I talked to this person, or I know this person who does X, Y, Z. So I would say start by talking about it. Um, Of course, you have to sit with it and spend some time with yourself with it um, so that you're not being pulled by other people's wants and expectations of you. But um, I think that there can be so many connections and so many light bulbs that go off, as well as uh, a, a sort of incredible way to set things in motion. When you start speaking it out loud, it gives, I think, power to what you're seeking. And um, so I, that has worked for I love me. That.
1: Like, I, I know that our word is our greatest sacrament, mm-hmm. and the word that we share is very important to be aware of, and the choice of words we mm-hmm. use mm-hmm. is, is very strong. Every time, I, I swear, every time I say but, I'm like, and.
0: <laughs> right,
1: right. Because but uh, negates what I just mm-hmm. said, mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm. maybe 5% I intentionally use but. Right. And. <laughs> Speaking out loud, I agree with that. I think that, that that's pretty valuable. It's mm-hmm. very valuable. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm, I'm so grateful that you, you work with kids. I didn't know that about you. Yeah. So I learned something new. Yeah. It's a great conversation. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And I feel in concluding, what are, this is also something that I love, what are, what's a golden nugget of wisdom that you want to, three golden nuggets? Three? Yeah.
0: <laughs> three
1: little golden nuggets of. How to walk in life, how to walk in yoga, walk and continue along our path of mm-hmm. being a
0: human that's hurling through. Yeah. So I think the practice of staying receptive, which for me means studentship first and always. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't always look the same, right? It doesn't mean that you need to do a two hour Asana practice every morning. It doesn't mean. Um, that you need to meditate for an hour every morning. It doesn't have to be complicated, um, but I think you can maintain a commitment to being a student and to studying yourself or the practice to keep that receptivity. I think that the pose is not the point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, And yes, I think the, the postures are incredible tools for showing us things that we're not paying attention to, for showing us our patterns that are likely really hard to look at, um, for showing us where we grip too tightly and where we bail. Um, so I think that there's, there's so much that the asana can show us, but the shape itself is not the ultimate point. Um, And I think that uh, the yoga on the inside is um, the biggest practice for me. So right now it's very much seeking out perspectives that are different than my own because I can get sort of stuck in my um, rightness, (laughs) so, seeking out people with different backgrounds, perspectives, um, political views, and really practicing hearing uh, instead of jumping to the next thing to say or the the, the best counter I can make, or um, but just really listening to why things are important to other people. Um, because. It's crazy out there. Yeah. And um, I think that we need to practice hearing each other, even when we don't like it.
1: Communication makes the world go round. It's so true, though. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Carrie. Yeah. Yeah, namaste. namaste. So much love. And if you are in Colorado, where can we find you?
0: You can find me at Lacuna Juice and Yoga, The River Yoga, and Freya Project. Cool.
1: We'll mm-hmm. see in the, the link. Website and Perfect. all the other things. And thank you all Thanks, for Alec. tuning in today. Talk to you next time. Okay. Thank you, Yoga Revealed Podcast, for listening to Carrie's commitment and devotion to serving the youth of yoga. Stay in alignment with your daily practice, and I believe your walk will unfold with total grace. If you are inspired to connect, with Miss Carrie. Follow her on IG at Carrie Bergeron. That's K E R I B E R G E R O N. And visit her website at carriebergeron.com. This is your beautiful brother, Alec Vachal Rubin, rooted in Boulder, Colorado. Stay tuned for future episodes as we reveal yoga to each other, one breath at a time, one teacher at a time, one day at a time. One practice. One soul. Yoga. Until next time, aloha and namaste.
2: Hold up. What was that?